is Harriet Kamak, the host of Down to Earth, the show in which we talk about the issues that matter. And today on our show, I want to talk with you about Seek the Lord. I don't know if anyone else is aware, but I know it's not just me, that we live in a day and time today when nothing is certain. We're grateful that we live in the United States where we can reasonably expect that the government we went to bed with last night will be the same government that we wake up to tomorrow. So many of us live in places of the world where that is a certainty that is denied to them. And so we want to pray for our friends and our brothers and sisters in other countries who may not have that assurance. And so in this day and time, we have to take time to seek the Lord. I know that many of us come from different places and different spaces. We worship differently. <clears throat> we have different religious beliefs, different traditions, even different cultural and religious customs, if you will. And I understand that. I, I get that totally. But while we are here within this time frame, the space that you are watching me with, the space that you're listening to me with, in this time frame, let us come together and believe in God for this one time that we all will experience peace in our world. It seems to me that we have become numb to the idea of peace. I mean, after 2020, <clears throat> we thought, well, if we make it to 2021, everything is going to be okay, right? Boom, in February of 2021, here comes war. And it's been ongoing for two years. The number of lives lost, people have been displaced, and irrevocably, people are traumatized for life as a result of war. Now, here comes this moment when we have this opportunity to say, what gives? What do we do? Let us see the Lord. And so, as we look into the scriptures today, it is that background. <clears throat> and it's within that background that we're asking the Lord to hover over us. We live now in this day and time and in this dispensation. But what about the people who lived in a similar time? What did they do when around them was war? When everything, when it seemed like kings were displaced and toppled off thrones and things were not the way that it was supposed to do? What was it that happened? Well, in the scriptures, we find ourselves this morning in the book of Zephaniah, the prophet Zephaniah, one of the minor prophets of the Old Testament. He was related to the grant to the king of Judah. And so he brought a word to the king to say, here is what the Lord says. And so I come to you this morning humbly saying to you, before we do anything else this week, let us all seek the Lord. In this time, in this space, it will be a different message next week. But right now, let us seek the Lord. Let us go to God and ask him for his protection, ask him for safety, ask him to give us peace within our hearts that we can accept the inevitability, inevitability of whatever the political actions may be, whatever the politicians do. We live in a day and time when as we look around our world, even in our own communities, we see so many people who are homeless. We live in a day and time when, frankly, you read the economic reports and you are appalled at how people who own companies view their workers. They would rather fire people indiscriminately than they would pay them. So now we're in a day and time when they can't find people to work at the bottom and they're cutting the people at the top, which means that housing markets are coming down like this because people can't afford to buy these horrendously expensive habitations. Listen. A house is shelter from the sun, the moon, the rain, and the snow. Hello. 
So why can't a house be a shelter? Why does it have to be so horrendously expensive and so horribly unaffordable that no one can afford it? These are the issues of our time. Why is it that sickness and disease is so rampant? I read a report last night that alarmed me and it said that since COVID, we are seeing an increased rate of cancers among young people that they now believe that the COVID virus has caused people to become ill. Now, finally, we are getting the answer why so many young people are suddenly being diagnosed and within three months of the diagnosis that they never knew they had, they're, they're gone. This is why. So when you look at these things, you are alarmed because you and I inevitably know someone who this has happened to. We know friends and family members who have had young people who have left this earth. And we are appalled, we are perplexed, and don't know what to do. Then we look at our own situation. Many of us, are we are the same age group, we're approaching retirement, and we're uncertain. What we thought we had saved up, we now realize inflation has eaten up the value of it. It's not going to work. Are we going to sit and be worried? Some of us still have children in college. What are we going to do? Are we going to help the children? Because we know of people who took out a loan on their house to send their kids to school. And then guess what happened? The loan gets to come in and the mortgage rates go up and they can't pay the mortgage. Now they've lost their home. Hello, somebody. It's not like they're hiring people and paying you 90000 or 120000 a year so you can go help your parents out. They're not doing that. So now what gives? So you might be sitting there and saying, but Harriet, that was me. I took out a loan to send my kid to college and now I can't afford my mortgage. They laid me off and I can't work enough hours to make this mortgage payment. Now is the time for us to seek the Lord. Some of us have people who have young children born with diseases that are inexplicable. What do we do? How do we live? Some of us have difficult decisions to make. We have young people now who say college is not for me. I'm not but going to go to college. What's the point? The world is going to end. I don't see the point in going to college. And we are worried about their outcome. This is a time for us to seek the Lord. So I want you to go in the scriptures with me straight to Zephaniah. But first, if this is your first time hearing us on Down to Earth, and if this is your first time watching, my name is Harriet Kemmock. I'm an author and speaker. I'm also the founder of the Exodus Foundation, the organization through which we provide services to women in our communities. For more information about how we intend to erase human trafficking, go to our website, theexodusfoundation.com or harrietcannock.com, and you'll find more information about how we do what we do. Your continued support of this podcast and this broadcast helps us to continue to do what we do. So I humbly ask you to take note and to, as soon as you can, help us to get the work done. Amen. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. And let's get right to it and get right into the scripture. So we're looking at Zephaniah chapter 2, and I'm reading from the King James Version of the Bible. So I have a Bible app on my iPad because it has large print, right? Like many of us, we have challenging eyesight as we grow right? It's part of the growth mechanism, right? So Zephaniah chapter 2 
And the previous week, last week, we looked at Zephaniah chapter 3. And the previous week, we looked at Zephaniah chapter 1. So our foray into this is a message. When you listen to it all, I encourage you to go to our podcast and listen to it. You will get the whole picture. Say the whole picture. The whole picture. So we're talking about seek the Lord. Zephaniah chapter 2. And it reads like this in verse 1 from the, New King, from the King James Version of the Bible. It says, gather yourselves together. Ye gather together, O nation not desired, before the decree bring forth. Before the day passes the chaff, before the fierce anger of the Lord come upon you, before the day of the Lord's anger come upon you. And in verse number three, this is it. It says, Seek ye the Lord, all ye meek of the earth, <clears throat> which have wrought his judgment. Seek righteousness, seek meekness. It may be he shall be hid in the day of the Lord's anger. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this time. And we ask that for someone watching today, that you will become Jehovah Rapha. You will become Jehovah Jireh. You will become Jehovah Nissi and bring us the victory and the peace. We pray right now for our friends and our brothers and sisters in Russia. We ask you to hover over all of us in the name of Jesus. Bring resolution to the war in Ukraine, the war in Yemen. Bring resolution to wherever conflict is in the Sudan and in other parts of Africa. We ask you, oh God, to hover over us, hover our political leaders, hover around us, oh God. Send a hedge of protection around the United States of America. Keep us, Lord God Almighty. Send a hedge of protection to Denmark and to Finland and to Poland. Send a hedge of protection to the Sudan and to other places in Africa and Ethiopia and to Nigeria and to Kenya and to Mozambique. We ask you, oh God, to send a hedge of protection around your people in Central America right now, in Mexico, in the name of Jesus, root up violence as it appears. We thank you for making a way where there is no way. We thank you, Lord God, that as our ships sail the oceans, oh God, people are looking for pleasure craft right now in the name of Jesus. And we thank you right now, oh God, Holy Spirit that you remove catastrophic weather from our world. You remove catastrophic weather from people who are farmers and who are dependent on the land for their subsistence. We thank you right now, O oh God, that you are healing the sick and the afflicted, that you're healing children. You're healing those who are asking you for help. There are people right now dependent upon you, O oh God. Bring restitution and bring provision, bring healing and peace heal our bodies everywhere we hurt eliminate blood pressure eliminate aneurysms eliminate blood sugars eliminate cancers oh god eliminate any distress in our lives give us the victory of peace this week give us the victory of your provision keep violence and wipe out tears from our eyes oh god we beg you this morning we humble ourselves and i pray that i decrease that you might increase and may the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight O lord my strength and my redeemer amen amen seek the lord my sisters my brothers my friends i come to you today humbly as i know how to ask you and to implore you to seek the Lord. Let us collectively pray and ask God. Let us deliberate. Prayer, my friends, doesn't have to be that we're all in the same place. It is impossible for all of us to be in the same place at the same time. But 
Prayer might be the only free time you have driving on your commute to work. Prayer might be the only time you have when you're in the bathroom and you're having a shower or while you're brushing your teeth. Prayer might be the only time you free time you have while you're making dinner and you're standing at the kitchen sink washing dishes or while you're stirring a pot. I ask you to seek the Lord. If you have five minutes before you fall asleep tonight, if you have even two minutes, I'm begging you to seek the Lord. If you have just one minute as your first thing as you wake up in the morning and your eyes open, those few minutes before you get out of bed, seek the Lord. I am begging you to pray as if you've never prayed. Prayer doesn't have to be structured. I know our brothers and sisters who are Islam pray five times per day and thank God for that. Somebody is faithful. Amen. Somebody is. I know our friends and brothers and sisters who are Hindu, you pray as well. Thank you, Jesus. I am happy that you do. So I'm asking the rest of us to cultivate a lifestyle of prayer. Pray and seek the Lord. It's the way you seek the Lord. Seek him while he may be found. Pray to him. Ask him to stay his anchor. Let's be clear. Politicians in the last hundred years have done horrible things to people all over the world. At some point, there's some accountability. It may be that we are the generation who is going to experience God's accountability. It could be the generation immediately after me, which would be the millennials, or the generation Z, or generation Alpha. Whatever it is, we're going to see it anyhow. Is it fair? No. Our ancestors did some horrible things. Are we responsible for it? Well, we kind of benefited. Some of us benefited from all the conquering and the conquest that they did. They have caused wars and rumors of wars. They have damaged people's lives, damaged the way people think in an effort to conquer. They have said things and created structures and systems called racism, called power, called corollarism, called economic fatalities. They have created all of those in an effort to call it conquest in an effort to rule people and to have power and dominion over people they conquered people now here we are we are reaping what they sowed so now what is our recompense how do we extricate ourselves from these calamities that we're witnessing make no mistake about it every action has a reaction there are consequences to our actions so while we were enjoying the benefits and the, the beneficiaries and became the beneficiary of all their conquests where we got gold and silver, our economies thrived and, you know, we could just go and get a loan to buy a house and buy the biggest house, buy the biggest car and change and change and change and travel, blah, blah. Somebody else was paying the price. The person who lost the country and the people, let me be clear, the people in the country who were conquered were paying the price. No, here it comes. We are seeing it and now we're uncertain. There are, say it, there are actions and then there are reactions. There are consequences for the actions. Now, what do we do? The way to get yourselves out of it and the way we're going to get out of it is as the Bible instructs us. This is what the prophet told us to do. He said, gather ourselves together. Now, I don't have a building that we can all gather in. And even so, I couldn't gather all of us into the same building. But what I can do is ask us to collectively start by praying. We can start a time when it is most convenient. You don't have to go through the whole thing and it become ritualistic. Rituals are good. That's part of religious practices the world over. 
But what we can do is instead of ritualizing it and making it by rote, although that is good, it serves as a tool to get you to get up and do it, we need to start cultivating a prayer life. Start by praying, asking God, let your inner man lead you. You will find that your spirit will start telling you what to say. What is your spirit? Okay, so you're going to ask that too. All right. Your spirit is that inner deep voice that is inside of you. We live in a world today that is too rushy. We're constantly on our phones. We're constantly scrolling. We're constantly listening to something. We're not listening to this inside of here. We jump out of the house. The house is too noisy. The TVs are on. It's on different channels. Every room has a TV on a different channel. You're listening to another podcast where men are broadcasting how much they hate women. You're listening to another broadcast where other people are broadcasting how they hate people who don't look like them. Too much noise. Then you get in your car and you turn it on and there comes something else. Eliminate all that noise. Secure a day and a time. Even if it's the time of day when you sit down to have lunch. Don't always seek out someone to have lunch with. Some days you just sit by yourself and listen. It's called meditation. We call it prayer. You sit down and you listen and you pray accordingly. The Bible says before the decree comes forth, before the day passes as the chaff. You know what is the chaff? Well, we don't live in agrarian times anymore. And many of us have never even seen a farm except when we went to old McDonald's farm and kindergarten. Remember those of school trips? And then we used to take our kids to the upper side of farms and so on. That's the closest many of us have come to farming lifestyles. But at the time when the Bible was written, people were farmers. So the chaff is part of the wheat. You know, the grain that we now call bread and what we make flour and rice and all that stuff from. Those things grew up in the field. So the chaff was the part that leaned off. It wasn't the strongest part of the, 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 the plant because the stalk was strong. So what the Bible here is saying is before the chaff breaks off, before the weakest part breaks off, before the Lord gets so angry because we are so distracted, so caught up in ourselves, we are not listening to that inner voice that comes from him. So he's saying before the anger of the Lord come upon us, before it does, let us listen. Why is God angry with us? Well, why isn't he? Right now, as we speak, there are children who are being labor trafficked. There are children who are being sexualized in war zones. There are children who are being abused and violated. There are children who are being sold into sex trafficking. Why would the Lord be angry with us? We have turned a blind eye to our husbands coming home at night, knowing that they were somewhere where they shouldn't have been. We turn a blind eye to the porn that we see on their browser history. Know they're looking at child pornography. Now don't go get up and go look at your husband's phone and say, give me that, let me see what you're looking at. We have turned a blind eye, the point is, to what is remarkable and what has happened in the world. We turn a blind eye to the suffering faces of people in the Sudan because they don't look like us. We turn a blind eye to the suffering faces of people in Ethiopia who are Jews who have been abandoned by other Jewish people and who have been abandoned because their skin color is different. They're suffering. They suffer from simple things that a 99 cents eye drop from a grocery store can fix. We turn a blind eye to it. We turn a blind eye to people in the world who don't have good running water, 
who are suffering from things that vitamin C and vitamin D can cure. And they're born with broken limbs. And you have people like Mercer Ships who have to beg for money to go to places where instead of taking care of their population, they're providing weapons of war. That's what makes, that's what stirs the Lord up. When we drive past people who are homeless and we turn a blind eye, you would never give a penny to uh, many of us, would never give a penny to an organization that is feeding the hungry, feeding the homeless, providing shelter services like what we do. Many of us would never give, but you know what we will do? We will pay money to go watch the OnlyFans and watch the girl gyrate on OnlyFans. We will pay money to go to another country to sexualize children. But we would never take that money, that whole airfare, and donate it to an organization that is providing help. Somebody say amen. And the people in here are looking at me like, okay. <laughs> amen. Do you see what I'm saying? So that is what has stirred up the Lord. Now you're hearing things from this preacher, this person sitting here. My name is Harriet Kamath. You're hearing things from me that you're not hearing anywhere else. So you might be saying, well, that's what you say, but... That's not what the other people are saying. The other people are not saying it because they know how you think. And they will think they want your money. So they're not going to say the things that are truthful. They're not going to say what stirs up the Lord's anger. They're going to tell you it's because you sin. So you feel guilty. So you hand over the money. Ah, oh, yeah, last night I made love to my husband. I made love to my wife. I went and bought a dress I shouldn't have bought. That's not what... That's not what... That's, that's your reasonable service. Amen. That's not what stirs up the Lord's anger. Is when we look at the wickedness in the world and by our silence, we are complicit with it. When we see injustice in the workplace and know that you got promoted because you look like the boss and you did not get promoted because you were qualified and you know the person who is qualified should have gotten it. When you see injustice being done and you do nothing about it, it stirs the Lord's anger. We drive past people in hospitals all the time. Do you ever pray? Every time I see a hospital building or I see a doctor's surgery, I'm reminded to plead the blood of Jesus that everybody who walks in, walk right back out. That's what we're supposed to do. It's our reasonable service. Am I a perfect person? Ask my children. Nah, I will tell you I am the most imperfect human being you could ever want to meet. But you know what I do try to do? I do try to make sure that I seek the Lord because I don't want to experience his anger. Having read the Bible and having seen how the Lord's anger played out, me, I'm not going to take, here, here's the thing. I'm not going to take the risk that there is a God above the earth and in the heavens who can actually be angry and actually do these things. I'm not going to take that risk. So you know what I do? I line right up. I believe, I see the evidence of it, and I believe and I seek it. The Bible says here that we are to seek righteousness. What is righteous? Do the right thing, will you? Do the right thing. Help somebody to get promoted. Don't fire that person just because you want to keep all the money for yourself. Don't turn somebody away who is looking for a house. Years ago, when I first came to Detroit, about 20 years ago, we had just moved from Florida. I had a little job running a McDonald's store. And my credit score was good. So I wanted to go buy a condo, a smaller house, so that my children and I could live in it. I was unaware of something called racism. So I went to this development and looked for it. And frankly, just like where I was coming from in Florida, 
You didn't need $20,000 to pay down to get into a house. You could pay 5% down. You could even pay down $500 to start the contract, and you would borrow money to make the down payment. That's how it used to be done. I walked into a development, and when I thought that those uh, attributes and those resources would be available to me, they were not. I sat right there and watched a young white couple walk in who did not have the credit that I have and who did not even have the down payment. But the man who was selling the house was a white man. He told me, what did he tell me? It couldn't be done, but he did it for the white people anyway. That was my first, one of my first experiences with racism. I was shocked. I couldn't believe it. And I was hurt. I said, you gave it to them. The same courtesy you gave to them, you're telling me it doesn't exist, but you gave it to them anyhow. It doesn't matter now because later on when I drove back past there some months later, they lost the house anyway. I mean, the crash of 2008, everything went apart. But do you see what I'm saying? So don't turn away somebody because you can help people. But because you don't like how they look, you don't like how they sound, they're different, they wear their hair different, they worship different, you turn people away because you don't like them. Be good and be kind so the Lord's anger will not be spilled out upon you. The Bible says the rain falls on the just and the unjust. Through the years, having had those kinds of negative experiences, I try to mitigate it by not being unkind to others. I try to mitigate it by trying to do good to people, even people who hurt me, even people whom I shouldn't be good with. One day, listen to all my podcasts, and you will see when I tell you how the people who hurt me the most were the people I was kindest to. Do good anyway, so the Lord's anger will not be stirred up. Seek to be meek. There is no need for us to go pontificate and postulate and to prove to anybody that we have all the power and we have all the resources. I would rather, to be honest with you, I would rather just, I prefer as a person that no one knows who I am. I walk through business every day and I just pretend like I'm an ordinary person. I just greet people and say, hey, how you doing? How is it going? It doesn't cost me anything to share a smile and say, hey, how is it going? I'm walking through. I see somebody struggling in Home Depot or someplace to lift something up. I put my purse down and say, you need some help? I see somebody getting things into their car and they look like they're struggling. I'm like, hey, how is it going? Would you like some help? Maybe if we turn it this way, it can work. People look at me and they're amazed. What does it take to be good? What does it take to be kind? What does it take? You have a million dollars that you can give. Give it. Find an organization that is doing good work in the community. Pray about it. Pray which one you should give it to and give it. Don't hesitate. You feel the stirring to get up and go give to somebody. Help somebody. Pray for someone. But in these next few days, I'm asking you for the next seven days, my brothers and sisters, I'm asking you to pray. So right now, let's start by I am going to pray for you. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that you will experience a supernatural overnight expeditious deliverance. I pray that you will be helped. I pray that that thing that is bothering you, that sickness they have given you a pronouncement on, that it will dry up in the name of Jesus. Every cancer, every lesion, every tumor must go now in Jesus' name. Stuff will come out of your stomach and come out of your ears and out of your eyes and out of your nose. In the name of Jesus, I pray that you will have peace. And I pray that trouble will not find you in these next few days. In Jesus' name, seek the Lord. Amen. Amen. Be blessed.